Section eleven of Confessions, volumes five and six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes five and six, by Jean Jacques Rousseau, anonymously translated. Section eleven any one will allow that it would have been extraordinary especially in the ardour of youth that such a head should suffer the body to enjoy continued health the alteration of mine had an effect on my temper moderating the ardour of my chimerical fancies for as i grew weaker they became more tranquil and i even lost in some measure my rage for travelling i was not seized with heaviness but melancholy vapours succeeded passions languor became sorrow i wept and sighed without cause and felt my life ebbing away before i had enjoyed it i only trembled to think of the situation in which i should leave my dear madame de varence and i can truly say that quitting her and leaving her in these melancholy circumstances was my only concern at length i fell quite ill and was nursed by her as never mother nursed a child the care she took of me was of real utility to her affairs since it diverted her mind from schemes and kept projectors at a distance how pleasing would death have been at that time when if i had not tasted many of the pleasures of life i had felt but few of its misfortunes my tranquil soul would have taken her flight without having experienced those cruel ideas of the injustice of mankind which embitters both life and death i should have enjoyed the sweet consolation that i still survived in the dearer part of myself in the situation i then was it could hardly be called death and had i been divested of my uneasiness on her account it would have appeared but a gentle sleep yet even these disquietudes had such an affectionate and tender turn that their bitterness was tempered by a pleasing sensibility i said to her you are the depository of my whole being act so that i may be happy two or three times when my disorder was most violent i crept to her apartment to give her my advice respecting her future conduct and i dare affirm these admonitions were both wise and equitable in which the interest i took in her future concerns was strongly marked 
as if tears had been both nourishment and medicine i found myself the better for those i shed with her while seated on her bedside and holding her hands between mine the hours crept insensibly away in these nocturnal discourses i returned to my chamber better than i had quitted it being content and calmed by the promises she made and the hopes with which she had inspired me i slept on them with my heart at peace and fully resigned to the dispensations of providence god grant that after having had so many reasons to hate life after being agitated with so many storms after it has even become a burden that death which must terminate all may be no more terrible than it would have been at that moment by inconceivable care and vigilance she saved my life and i am convinced she alone could have done this i have little faith in the skill of physicians but depend greatly on the assistance of real friends and am persuaded that being easy in those particulars on which our happiness depends is more salutary than any other application if there is a sensation in life peculiarly delightful we experienced it in being restored to each other our mutual attachment did not increase for that was impossible but it became i know not how more exquisitely tender fresh softness being added to its former simplicity i became in a manner her work we got into the habit though without design of being continually with each other and enjoying in some measure our whole existence together feeling reciprocally that we were not only necessary but entirely sufficient for each other's happiness accustomed to think of no subject foreign to ourselves our happiness and all our desires were confined to that pleasing and singular union which perhaps had no equal which is not as i have before observed love but a sentiment inexpressibly more intimate neither depending on the senses age nor figure but an assemblage of every endearing sensation that composes our rational existence and which can cease only with our being how was it that this delightful crisis did not secure our mutual felicity for the remainder of her life and mine i have the consoling conviction that it was not my fault nay i am persuaded she did not wilfully destroy it the invincible peculiarity of my disposition was doomed soon to regain its empire 
but this fatal return was not suddenly accomplished there was thank heaven a short but precious interval that did not conclude by my fault and which i cannot reproach myself with having employed amiss though recovered from my dangerous illness i did not regain my strength my stomach was weak some remains of the fever kept me in a languishing condition and the only inclination i was sensible of was to end my days near one so truly dear to me to confirm her in those good resolutions she had formed to convince her in what consisted the real charms of a happy life and as far as depended on me to render hers so but i foresaw that in a gloomy melancholy house the continual solitude of our tete-a-tete -tete would at length become too dull and monotonous a remedy presented itself madame de varens had prescribed milk for me and insisted that i should take it in the country i consented provided she would accompany me nothing more was necessary to gain her compliance and whither we should go was all that remained to be determined on our garden which i have before mentioned was not properly in the country being surrounded by houses and other gardens and possessing none of those attractions so desirable in a rural retreat besides after the death of annet we had given up this place from economical principles feeling no longer a desire to rear plants and other views making us not regret the loss of that little retreat improving the distaste i found she began to imbibe for the town i proposed to abandon it entirely and settle ourselves in an agreeable solitude in some small house distant enough from the city to avoid the perpetual intrusion of her hangers-on she followed my advice and this plan which her good angel and mine suggested might fully have secured our happiness and tranquillity till death had divided us but this was not the state we were appointed to madame de varens was destined to endure all the sorrows of indigence and poverty after having passed the former part of her life in abundance that she might learn to quit it with the less regret and myself by an assemblage of misfortunes of all kinds was to become a striking example to those who inspired with a love of justice and the public good and trusting too implicitly to their own innocence shall openly dare to assert truth to mankind unsupported by cabals or without having previously formed parties to protect them 
an unhappy fear furnished some objections to our plan she did not dare to quit her ill-contrived house for fear of displeasing the proprietor your proposed retirement is charming said she and much to my taste but we are necessitated to remain here for on quitting this dungeon i hazard losing the very means of life and when these fail us in the woods we must again return to seek them in the city that we may have the least possible cause for being reduced to this necessity let us not leave this house entirely but pay a small pension to the comte de saint laurent that he may continue mine let us seek some little habitation far enough from the town to be at peace yet near enough to return when it may appear convenient this mode was finally adopted and after some small search we fixed at charmette on an estate belonging to monsieur de Conzier, at a very small distance from chambery but as retired and solitary as if it had been a hundred leagues off the spot we had concluded on was a valley between two tolerably high hills which ran north and south at the bottom among the trees and pebbles ran a rivulet and above the declivity on either side were scattered a number of houses forming altogether a beautiful retreat for those who love a peaceful romantic asylum after having examined two or three of these houses we chose that which we thought the most pleasing which was the property of a gentleman of the army called monsieur noiret this house was in good condition before it a garden forming a terrace below that on the declivity an orchard and on the ascent behind the house a vineyard a little wood of chestnut trees opposite a fountain just by and higher up the hill meadows for the cattle in short all that could be thought necessary for the country retirement we proposed to establish to the best of my remembrance we took possession of it toward the latter end of the summer of seventeen hundred and thirty-six i was delighted on going to sleep there oh said i to this dear friend embracing her with tears of tenderness and delight this is the abode of happiness and innocence if we do not find them here together it will be in vain to seek them elsewhere End of volume five recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey